Welcome to Legacy Church's weekly podcast. We are a church located in beautiful South Florida. Thanks for checking out this week's message. If you are looking for a word of hope, purpose, and destiny, then you're tuning in to the right place. If you enjoy the ministry of our church, you can help us by sharing the message like this, by supporting us financially. Just press the Give button on www.yourlegacy.church. It's quick, easy, and secure. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear this week's message. If you have your Bibles, turn to John, the 17th chapter. We're going to read the entire chapter. I'm going to try to be as brief as I possibly can, but I want to be very thorough because we're going to preach all the way through this chapter. John, the 17th chapter. You're more welcome to follow along as I read from the Amplified Bible, or you can change to the translation that you feel more comfortable with on our uh, Bible uh, that's on our platform digitally. Or um, if you're like me, you just like having your own handheld physical paper Bible. John, the 17th chapter, verse one says, when Jesus had spoken these things, he raised his eyes to heaven and said, Father, The hour has come. Glorify your son so that your son may be glorified, may glorify you. Just as you have given him power and authority over all mankind so that he may give eternal life to all whom you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God and Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Now, Father, glorify me together with yourself, with the glory and majesty that I had with you before the world existed. I have manifested your name to the people whom you have given me out of the world. They were yours and you gave them to me and they have kept and obeyed your word. This is Jesus praying. Now they know that all you have given me is from you. For the words which you gave me, I have given them and they received and accepted them and truly understood that I came from you and they believe that you sent me. I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those you have given me because they belong to you. And all things that are mine are yours and yours are mine. And I am glorified in them. I am no longer in the world, yet they are still in the world. And I am coming to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name, the name which you have given me so that they may be one just as we are. Verse 12, while I was with them, I was keeping them in your name, which you have given me. And I guarded them and protected them. And not one of them was lost except the son of destruction 
so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Verse 13, but now I am coming to you and I say these things in the world so that they may experience my joy made full and complete and perfect within them. I have given them, excuse me, I have given to them your word and the world hates them because they are not of the world and do not belong to the world just as I am not of the world and do not belong to it. I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them and protect them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. Verse 18, just as you commissioned and sent me into the world, I also have commissioned and sent them into the world. For their sake, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. Verse 20, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe and trust in me through their message, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also be one in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Verse 22, I have given to them the glory and honor which you have given me, that they may be one just as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may be perfected and completed into one. So the world, so that the world may know that you have sent me and have loved them just as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the foundation of the world. Verse 25, O just and righteous Father, Although the world has not known you and has never acknowledged you, yet I have always known you. And these know that you sent me. And I have made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them. And I in them. For a few moments, I want to preach from the subject identity crisis. Identity crisis. Identity crisis. Father, we thank you. We come to you now with great expectation. God, we come expecting a change. We come expecting a turnaround. We come expecting conviction to repentance. We come expecting encouragement. 
We come expecting to be lifted up on high because your word has infused us with joy and peace and strength to run on a little while longer. God, we thank you so much that we are in this moment, this time, and this place. And so, Lord, we don't take it lightly, so we ask that you will remove all distractions. God, forgive us of our sins. Clean up, uh, clean up our hearts. Clean, up our, clean out our minds. Lord, remove all digital distractions. Let right now be the moment that stuff gets broken. Stuff gets changed. Things get released and let loose, God. We're praying right now in the name of Jesus that your word will come in us and pierce us and penetrate us that we might go forth different from which we began. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus as always that your spirit will be increased and decrease me, Lord, so that your people and myself included can hear from you. God, as always, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, you are my strength, and indeed you are my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. Identity crisis. The Oxford definition of identity crisis reads as follows a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure, typically due to a change in their expected aims or their role in society. A period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure. I truly believe that we are living in some times where we could easily say, without a shadow of doubt, as a matter of fact, as the day changes, as 12 o'clock a.m. strikes, periods of uncertainty is expected and definitely confusion clouds the skies of life. But that last part in which it says, in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure. There's no doubt that the periods of uncertainty and confusion are brought about and drawn from a whole lot of people who are perhaps having a sense, their sense of identity has perhaps become insecure. Unfortunately, when we look in our world, that's what we see. Unfortunately, when we look in the mirror, we find someone perhaps whose sense of identity has become insecure. The definition says that this typically happens when there's a change and expected aims or role or purpose has changed in society's acceptance. And so we see in our world today that, 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 that people are changing all and 
all kinds of ways in any type of way as the aims and their acceptance changes in society. This definition says what comes about of all of that is a sense of identity insecurity, which creates periods of uncertainty and confusion. My brothers and sisters in Christ, that is a secular English definition of identity crisis, but I have to switch the switch to the life of the believer and to those who are listening to me right now. Perhaps are you having an identity crisis? The spiritual one. Are our churches, our preach men, our leaders in our church, are they suffering from a sense of identity that has been plagued by insecurity? Is, is, the, is the confusion of why some people's walk is choppy and up and down is because there's a period of uncertainty in your walk and a period of confusion in your talk and perhaps because your identity has been shaped in some different expected aims. Perhaps a different acceptance of a role in society or in your circle. And I, I, as I read Jesus praying in the 17th chapter, I truly believe that what we will find today is all of the basic truths of our identity. Things, things in this particular text, to give you a little bit of context, things are moving along and there's definitely a period of uncertainty and confusion. If you go back to the 13th chapter of John, you see that this is the moment where Jesus is having his supper before going to the cross with his disciples. And we see that this is where Jesus begins to teach them. He, he teaches them about loving one another and serving one another by washing their feet. He begins to teach them and show them because do you understand that the one who serve must serve and the one who is being served must serve. And so he washes their feet and he's trying to get them to understand that when I leave this place, there's going to be periods of uncertainty and confusion, and you're going to have to stick with one another. He goes on to talk about his betrayal and calls out Judas. And then because of this uncertainty, because of this confusion, because of this times, they're trying to cancel out what was called then the way. And in this particular time, Peter, in this particular moment, Jesus is trying to teach and give the disciples a quick learning lesson about what's getting ready to happen because he's getting ready to leave them. He's not going to be there with them. And Peter begins to puff himself up. 
Jesus is comforting his disciples. He reminds Peter that you're gonna you're gonna deny me before the the the, the, the rooster crows three times. It is certainly certainly uncertain times and confusion. He tells them, don't let your heart be troubled. Believe in God, trust in me. He says, if you have known me, you have known the father. He's trying to get them to understand that you are not far away when I leave this place. You are still in the father's hand. He tells them about the Holy Spirit who will come and be the comforter. He talks about that you can do nothing apart from me. You must trust in me. You must allow the comforter comforter you and keep fighting and going. But in me, abide in me. Jesus is trying to give them the quick wrap on the uncertainty and the confusion. Because when Jesus is leaving, when Jesus, when Jesus leaves, their identity was wrapped up into Jesus. And so when he's getting ready to depart from this place and he's saying that your identity will become insecure. And he says your aims, pretty much your aims and your role in this place are going to change. They're going to come after you because I'm no longer with you here on earth. And they're going to be demanding you and you're going to be preaching and teaching. He's trying to get them to understand that there's going to be some uncertainty and confusion because your aim is different. You're no longer just following me, but you're following me and serving me. And so I believe Jesus in this prayer prays and not only for the disciples, but for us, his disciples, us, and those who to come to Christ, come to Christ at, in a later time, he is praying, laying down the foundational truths of our identity. My brothers and sisters in Christ, can I just tell you that if you are struggling with some type of identity crisis, you're trying to figure out who you are, what you are. You used to have this particular purpose, but you no longer serve in that role. You used to have this particular purpose, but you no longer have this job. You used to have this particular purpose as a parent, but your children are adults now and you're losing your sense of identity. Maybe perhaps you've gotten a divorce and your sense of identity was found in your marriage and somehow there's a period of uncertainty and confusion because your identity has become insecure, because your aims and your role has changed. In our text today, I want to go through this entire text and I'll leave you alone and we'll be done. I want to show you as Jesus is praying, Jesus is praying, not Paul, not Peter, not John, not Job, not David. Jesus himself is praying for us. Let that sit for a moment. It's one thing for you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me. But it's another thing for when my mother or my father or my wife or my daughter prays for me. When someone special and close to you is praying for you, it has significance. 
And I want us to understand that Jesus is praying for us. If you ever want to know how much Jesus loves you and the cross don't do it for you, just read John 17 to see how Jesus prays for you. I try my best to make sure that when my daughter is here staying with us and my wife definitely on a daily basis, that they hear how I pray for them because it matters. It matters how your Jesus has prayed for you. And so my brothers and sisters, if I can just set you up in that particular way so that we can walk through the 17th chapter so you can understand where your identity is found. Jesus was intentional in his prayer, praying that you all will be locked in. We all will be locked in. The disciples will be locked in to what our identity is in these particular times. Jesus is preparing to be crucified on the cross and he found it that it was his business to go and pray. Pray not only for these disciples, but pray for his children who will become his disciples as time progress. And that's including us. And Jesus prayed for the specifics of what our identity is in him. So let me just read this definition one more time of identity crisis. It is a period of uncertainty and confusion in which a person's sense of identity becomes insecure, typically due to a change in their expected aims and or, or role in society. My brothers and sisters in Christ, and for those of you who are not saved, let me just tell you that if you want, if you're not saved, you can garner your identity right now today by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and asking him to come in your life and be Lord of your life and forgive your sins. To my brothers and sisters who are saved already, let me just say this. If you are experiencing a period of uncertainty and confusion in your life, perhaps it is because your identity has become insecure. And I don't know what your identity is found in, but somehow, some way, it has not sustained enough for it not to find insecurity. And the reason why it has found insecurity is because somehow, some way, something has changed. And somehow, some way, your expected aims and your roles have adjusted and shifted. And so I am preaching this message so that we can clearly understand as believers what our role is and what our identity is found in so we never ever will have a period un of uncertainty and confusion so that our identity won't become insecure, so that our expected changes or the expected aims or the role in society, they can shift, they can change all they want, but we will know who we are and whose we are forevermore. 
therefore preventing an identity crisis. And so let's go in. First, let me tell you what identity, what our identity is not and what our identity is not found in. It's not found in you. It's not you. I know you love yourself. Nobody loves their garments like I love me. But I'm telling you, my identity can't be found in myself because I've proven to let myself down. Your identity cannot be found in you. No matter how you've been told you've been great, how great, how awesome you are, you can't get on nobody's cross and save yourself. So our identity is not found in you. It's not found in our parents. Some of us have some amazing parents. Some of us have some parents who are loving, caring, hospitable, everything, all the way even until we are adults. Some of us have parents who suck, who suck at parenting, who are not good parents. Either way, whatever you was, some of us don't even know who our parents are. Some of our parents, are we were created by some type of unfortunate sin and creative crime. I'm telling you, either way, when your identity is in Christ, it is not found in your parents. Your identity is not found in your name. Some of you got great names. They got great heritage. They're they're across states, cross countries. People know who you are when you say your last name, but your identity is not found in your name. I'm sorry, but your identity is not found in your race. Your identity is not the color of your skin or lack thereof. Your identity is not found in who God created you in terms of the physical to be. Your identity is not found in your sexual orientation or gender. Your sexual orientation, that's your desires, but that is not what your identity is found in. Your gender, male and female, your identity is not found in that. That cannot be negotiable. That is solidified when God made you and you came out of the womb. That is what it is, but your identity is not found in your gender. Your identity is not found in your looks or your body, so you can post all the pictures, you can do all the things that you need to do, you can put on all the makeup, you can do all the working out, you can have abs of steel, you can have arms of a rock, but your identity is not found in your looks or your body. Your identity is not found in your affiliations. Some of you are a part of some great organizations. Some of you are affiliated with some amazing, amazing organizations and communities, but I'm telling you, you are not Your identity is not found in your affiliation. Unfortunately, we can see very clear those of you who your identity is found in your affiliations. Your identity is not found in your citizenship of your country. You can love your country. You can love where you're from. You can have all the pride in the world that you want, but your identity is not found in the citizenship of your country. Your identity is not found in your talents. Some people are talented beyond explanation. Some people have been just blessed with skill sets. However, your identity is not found in your talents. 
It's not found in your education. Some of you all got more education than an encyclopedia. Some of you all are smart, intelligent, and represent your university extremely well. Some of you can write with the best of them, read with the best of them, speak with the best of them, and do all kinds of things with the best of them. But your identity is not found in your education. Your identity is not found in your disabilities or your abilities. Either way, it's not found in those things. My brothers and sisters in Christ, I raise my hand to being guilty of this one. Your identity is not found in your struggles. I know you've been through hell and high water. I know you've been to hell and back. But please know that you cannot live this life as, as your identity representing in your struggles. Your identities are not your struggles. Yes, we acknowledge what you've been through. Yes, we pray that you will come all right and come out on top. Yes, we believe in God that will give you a new stance, but you gotta understand you can't be walking around here with your identity stuck in your struggles. Your identity is not even in God's blessings. Woo, wait a minute now, pastor. You're preaching blasphemous. No, I'm not. You cannot find your identity in what God gives and not him. And so the blessings that God gives, the gifts, the gifts that we have, that is not our identity. More Christians fall flat on their face in this grouping because we believe what God has called us to and given us that that is our identity. And it's not. That's why we become bored with it. That's why we give it up. That's why we quit all of those particular things because our identity is not found in his blessings. It must be found in him. And so let me go through what our identity is in Christ. Look at verse two. It says, just as you have given him power and authority over all mankind so that he may give eternal life to all whom you have given him. Now this is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God and Christ whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Verse seven, he says, now that now they know that all you have given me is from you. I want you to understand that your identity is found in Christ because he was there in the beginning. He was there in the beginning. Genesis says, let us make man in our image, in our likeness. Jesus was there in the beginning of man being made. Even you, he was there in the beginning that's why your identity is found in Christ because he was there in the origination of you. Then our identity is found in Christ because God gave Jesus you and me. Look what he says. He says in verse seven, now they know that all you have given me is from you for the words which you have gave me, I have given them. He says, I pray for them. Uh, I'm sorry, let me go back up. He says, I have glorified you 
on the earth by completing the work that you have given me to do. And he says that I, now Father, glorify me together with yourself with the glory and majesty that I had with you before the world existed. I've manifested your name to the people whom you have given me out of the world. He says, they were yours and you gave them to me. Our identity is found in Christ because God himself gave you and me to Jesus. Think about that. God gave Jesus you and me. And he's talking to the disciples, but it's referencing, it's referencing to us as well. And the next thing is, our identity is found in Christ Jesus because you know who your sources are. Again, verse eight says, for the words which you gave me, I have given them and they received and accepted them and truly understood that I came from you and they believed that you sent me. It's a terrible thing to receive something, to believe something, and you don't know the source in which it was originated. I'm glad that I know who the source of me. I'm glad. That's why my identity is found in Jesus because I know that I came. He, I, when I came from him. I was made from him. I was made in his image. I know who my sources are. So my identity is found in Christ. My identity is found in Christ because Jesus prayed for us and he prayed for me intentionally. Verse nine says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world. I am excited and elated and I am blessed. My heart is heavy with blessed and emotional feelings of joy and worship and praise because I know that God is, that Jesus prayed for me that when I came into his family, that I would be protected and cared for. He says, I do not pray for the world. Jesus does not pray for the stuff that's kicking me in the butt, that's throwing me to the ground, that's ripping and rip, ripping me up and cutting me up. He ain't for all of that, but he is praying for me. He prays for us intentionally. The next one is we are the reason why our identity is found in Christ, because we are the evidence of a glorified Jesus. Look at verse 10. It says, and all things that are mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them. The fact that we've been able to come to Christ and we've been able to be reconciled back to the father through the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ represents is evidential proof that Christ is glorified. So my brothers and sisters, why does the Bible tell us to be holy, to act right, to live right, to love our neighbor as ourselves? Because it is an expression and evidence of Christ's glor being glorified through us. It uses us to be evidence to the world that Jesus was glorified. It says, in, uh, the next one is Jesus prayed for us that we will be guarded and protected so that we can be as one. Jesus prayed that we could be as one, that we will be guarded and protected in this world as one. 
That's why you must look out for your brothers and sisters. That's why you must look out for your neighbor. That's why we cannot forsake the gathering together. That's why we got to hold each other up, build each other up, stand each other up. That's why we got to lock arms and defend the faith. That's why we got to be great apologetics of this, of, of what this hope we believe is because he prayed that we would be as one. And so the reason why our identity is found in Christ, because Jesus wants us to be one with him. In verse 13, Jesus says, but now I am coming to you and I say these things in the world so that they may experience my joy made full and complete and perfect within them. Jesus wants us to experience his joy. Our identity is found in Christ because he wants us to have his joy. What kind of person would pray that the people would have his joy if our identity is not found in him? Jesus wants you to have the joy that's complete in you, not this wavering happiness that the world and life offers you in things and materialistic things and outcomes. He wants you to experience the joy that he has, that even though he's going to the cross and the anguish is, be, is on him, that he has a joy because he knows his father will raise him from the dead. Jesus, identity is found in Jesus because he wants us to have joy. In verse 14, it says, I have given to them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of this world and do not belong to this world, just as I am not of the world and do not belong to it. Gee, our identity is found in Jesus because this is not our home. This is not Jesus's home. Our home and our citizenship is with Jesus in heaven. Our eternity is, and our citizenship is in heaven with him. That's why your identity is found in Christ because his citizenship is our citizenship. Our country is his country. It is not America. It is not whatever country you are from. If you are a born again believer, Christian believer of Christ Jesus, your citizenship is in heaven with Jesus. That's why your identity is in Jesus. Verse 15, he says, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them and protect them from the evil one. Our enemy is Jesus's enemy. Our identity is in Christ because we fight the same thing that he fought and defeated. That gives us our identity. We are found in Christ because our enemy is his enemy. The Bible says, that I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but that you keep them and protect them from the evil one. Jesus is saying to fight who I had to fight over in the wilderness when I was fasting. He says in verse 17, in verse 16, he says, they are not of the world just as I am now of the world, but sanctify them in truth. Jesus is saying, sanctify them. They're in this world, and I'm not asking them to take you out, but I'm asking you to sanctify them, to separate them, to set them aside from what's 
in this world. My God, if nothing else makes you so excited to find your identity in Christ, it is to know that I might be among you. I might be amongst the others, but Jesus has given me away. He has sanctified me in his truth and he has sanctified me in his truth, set aside for specialness for him, even though I'm in this world. No, that don't mean that I think I'm better than you. That don't mean that I think I'm better than somebody that's not a believer, but I'm excited to be thankful that I am sanctified in truth, that this truth, his word, can get on me and in me and change me and allow for me to do things that you won't normally see in the world being done. Set aside, set apart, sanctified. He says uh, uh, in verse, verse 18, just as you commissioned and sent me into the world, I also have commissioned and sent them into the world. We are sent like Jesus. Our identity in Christ is in Christ because we are sent out like Jesus was sent to this world. He came to, down to this world. He was fully God and, and, and he was fully man and still fully God. And he came to this world from heaven God sent him into the world to save us from our sins. And Jesus is sending us out on the great commission to lead people and to baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he is sending us out into the world to lead people to Christ, to be the light on the shining hill. We, our identity is found in Christ because we are sent out like he was. Jesus sanctified himself. So that the truth we believe would be solidified. Verse 20 says, I do not, uh, verse 19 says, for their sake, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. I'm so glad that Jesus put himself in a position so that when he completed the task that was before him, we could have hardcore truth to believe in that we can be saved. Our identity is found in Christ because he sanctified himself in truth so that truth can be solidified for our salvation and our believing. In verse 20, he says, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe and trust in me through their message. Jesus our identity is found in him because he uses us for others. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need us to get his word across. But thanks be to God in his graciousness and in his lovingness and the fact that he prays that we can be one that others might believe. The message. That when people see us, they see that there is a Christ and he's real. That they see the change, the inward change displayed outwardly that the message is real. And so when you tell your story, when you tell your testimony, when you come to those and that they might understand and hear how God has shaped Jesus into your life and changed your life and shaping you that they know They'll believe just as we have. In verse 24, it says, Father, I desire that they also 
whom you have given to me may be with me where I am, so that they may be, so they may, so that they may see my glory, which you have given me, because you love me before the foundation of this world. Our identity is found in Jesus because he wants us home with him. My identity is found in Christ because my Jesus is praying that before he leaves this earth, that God will bring us up with him in eternity in heaven when it's all said and done. I can't put my identity in nothing else when Jesus himself is praying that I would spend and be in heaven with him. Lastly, Jesus wants us to have the same love that he had and he wants to be in us. In verse 25, verse 26, it says, and I have made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. Jesus wants us to have the same love that he had. He wants to be in us. He wants to abide in us. That's why your identity is found in Jesus and no or nothing else. That's why Perhaps you are having an identity crisis. Perhaps that's why our world and our society is having an identity crisis. It's because their identity is not found in Christ Jesus. My brothers and sisters in Christ, if you are experiencing uncertainty and confusion in your life, if somehow, some way, your purpose, your reasoning, your thoughts of yourself, your identity has become somewhat insecure, you're second guessing why you even are. I'm here to tell you that perhaps your identity is being shaped and found in something else other than Jesus Christ. The mistake we make is we source our we source ourselves out to these other cheaply satanic type of definitions of who we are. I named them earlier and there's many more. And the world is shaking and having anxiety figuratively because they keep changing in, 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 in a, to use a sports term, moving the goalposts of what matters, what means something in our society. And it just keeps changing. That's why we have a world that's full of pills and people who are on all kinds of pills because they keep changing the expected aims and the roles of acceptance in our society. And people are suffering from identity crises. 
And unfortunately, Christians are as well. How can you believe this Bible, believe this word, and say that you were bought with the price through his precious blood shed on Calvary's cross with his body buried in a tomb and him resurrecting, you believe in that, yet and still you find your identity in something else. My brother and my sister, our identity is found in Christ. We live and move and have our being in him in the name of Jesus Father thank you that from this point further if we're having identity crisis it is over because now we are finding ourselves in our identity rooted and solidified in you Thank you, Jesus, for doing that for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I know that there's someone here that your identity has been shaped and found in the world. And I'm telling you now, you are lost. Jesus ain't praying for you. But at this moment is the moment you feel like this message because you're ready to get out of your identity crisis and have your identity found and solidified in Jesus. And you were the one that he was praying for. You were the one that he, when he was praying for us, that you would believe the message that we would share of his message. And so I'm saying to you, this is the moment. You're not here by accident. And so that if you would, you would profess and confess with your mouth and believe that Christ Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. You can pray that as a prayer. You can speak it out loud. You can cry and shout it. Believe it in your heart. We believe you got saved. We ask that you would press that button, that you would press that button to say, I committed my life to Christ. And now, I no longer have identity crisis because it is found in Jesus. Father, thank you. We give you honor. We give you glory. We pray that you would go with these thy people as we go down from this place. As always, be with us, go with us. Rest, abide, and rule in your name, Jesus.